Welcome to Adult Fluent. I'm Kizzy, your host. Some say being an adult is like folding a fitted sheet, trying to make sense and order out of something that wasn't meant to be perfectly folded. The goal of the Adult Fluent podcast is to make your learning curve of life easier so you can become adult fluent and not only fold that sheet, but breathe easy knowing you don't have to have all of the answers because no one does. So you are in luck. Our guests include those who have appeared on Tiwa Gary V, an Ivy League professor who started out as a rapper, a podcaster with over 3.5 million downloads a month, a successful movie actor, TikTok influencers with 1 million plus followers, those who've battled depression and won, and real estate investors with tips to create a real estate portfolio from nothing and more. If you'd like to learn how to become adult fluent from real people with real stories and with real tips, you're in the right place. Otherwise, you might as well stick around because you've come this far. Let's get started with the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Adult Fluent with Sarah Maddox. So excited you are a rap artist. You're a content creator, social influencer, an amazing woman overall, which is super important. And I want to welcome you, Sarah. How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. I'm doing fabulous. Yep. That's my only word <laughs> to describe it. <laughs> well, that's good. Fabulous is important. You look fabulous. And where where are you currently? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I'm from Indiana, but I moved to Nashville um, about a year and a half ago. Actually, because I was a singer songwriter and I did pop music before I ever blew up on TikTok. Um, so I moved here actually kind of for the music industry. And now ironically, I am a full-time musician, but it doesn't matter that I'm in Nashville at all because I just do everything through video and through my phone, you know, so. Yeah, which is, so I'm in Nashville. <laughs> which is so interesting because I, I mean, I don't know about others that are listening or watching, but I typically think like Nashville, okay, country, pop, but you perform rap. And, and I'm sure by the time this is released, you're going to have over a million followers. Oh, wow. That kind of hit me. <laughs> That's so, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm not stupid. Like I look at my TikTok growing every day. It's at 960 K and I'm actually, I almost just feel like I'm not ready. I mean, I am definitely ready, but it doesn't feel real. Like how are a million human beings with real beating hearts, like care about what I do? How, how is that real life? Yeah. It blows my mind. So based on like the, the content that you put out there, I mean, it's witty, it's entertaining. It's like fresh. I love your videos. Like I love the one when you're like stopped in traffic and you just like bust out a rap song. I mean, they're just, there's just something about it. So like, where did all of this come from? Have you always been musical and you just knew as a little girl, like I'm gonna be a musician. Like where did this, this seed come from? Okay, it's the funniest thing because I grew up um, in a family of people who did all musical things, more or less. I mean, besides, well, my dad played saxophone in high school, <laughs> but, but mainly my mom played piano and sang my older sister, uh, was a great singer. My younger sister, they're, they're all great singers. Um, 
and specifically my mom that can play piano and that kind of thing. And that's about it. I mean, I would sing in my church choir. However, I mean, genuinely, I was not really that great. I mean, I know I rap mostly, but I can also sing pretty well now. But growing up, I was really not that great of a singer. I was not a bad singer by any means. But I mean, I was around that kind of music growing up. But I think the main thing that was formative in my creative talent now with lyricism and and rhythm and things like that, mainly the lyricism is my dad's sense of humor. Like, I'm not even kidding. My dad is so smart and funny when it comes to wordplay and just books we would read growing up, like Shel Silverstein, Where the Sidewalk Ends. Are you familiar with those kinds of poems? Yes, I love, I always love that book. They're so, I'm, it's so similar to what I'm doing now. Or I, I would always write poems growing up. So I even won, a, I won an award, not even always, I guess. I just wrote like a few that were really good. But when I was in sixth grade, I won first place at this library contest for writing this poem about how I wish we had a maid at our house because I hated doing chores. And like, and, and actually I'm remembering now my senior year of high school when I applied to Purdue University, which I didn't end up going to. But the first time I applied, I didn't get in. And I'd submitted that the application and everything. Like I was a pretty good student, but it, you know, my grades were like meh, 3.0. Um, but anyway, I applied again. And for the essay, I just totally said, well, like, screw it. I'm just going to write this giant poem about one of the prompts was like, if you could have a conversation, witness a conversation between two people, what would, would it be like, I guess. So anyway, I wrote a poem about a walrus and a man with no feet. And it taught a lesson in some capacity. And I got in to Purdue the second time when I did that. So to answer your question, (laughs) those are some things of where it started. I mean, and that's awesome because it shows the second time you applied, you were, it seemed you were more of the authentic you. 100%. Oh yeah. 100%. So then you, you did, you decided I'm not going to do it. And then you moved to Nashville or did, did something happen in between? For college specifically? Yeah. Oh, okay. so I actually, I did go to college. So I decided to go to Indiana University. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You went to Indiana in, in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a journalism degree and a minor in Spanish. And I, cool. it's funny. I actually uh, chose those things because I'm like, oh, I love theater and uh, music and things that are creative, but you know, they say to get a job, you've got to not do those. And now I literally, my job is performance and entertainment, you know, my full-time job. And it's like, man, I kind of wish I would have actually studied what I cared about, but yeah, I went to IU. Okay. That's awesome. That is so awesome. And so do you make, do you create anything in Spanish? Currently? Okay. I'm so passionate about learning Spanish in general. I'm conversational when I get warmed up, you know, (laughs) if you can, can you speak Spanish? No, not really. Very, okay, okay. Very I was going to say, if you can, don't spring it on me. But okay. um, but I, I'm passionate about becoming fluent. And sometimes I'll practice by watching TV shows in Spanish with the Spanish subtitles and things like that. But I've actually thought about doing a Spanish rap. I, I actually, for two of my other singer-songwriter pop songs a couple years ago, translated two of them into Spanish. And I sang them at um, a Spanish and Portuguese festival that Indiana had when I was in college. So... That's pretty much the extent. I also, actually, I have like five fully produced pop songs that I did with my producer before all the TikTok stuff happened. Right. 
and we were going to release them, but they're like not silly. They're just pop songs. And I'm like, okay, my brand is now completely different. And it's exactly what I want to be doing. I, I would write silly songs over serious all day. Anyway, one of those songs has a bridge in Spanish. So, oh, well, you know, I maybe something that your audience may want to listen to. I know. I know. I really should do a rap at least partially in Spanish. I think that'd be so fun. I think it would be too. Noted <laughs> in the back of my brain. Yeah, I think it would. Be, I think it would be, be awesome. looking for it. <laughs> uh, yes, I would love to to watch something like that. So then so you go to Indiana University. Mm-hmm. You have your major, you have your minor. Then where did you go from there? Okay, so actually the biggest puzzle piece in all of this that is not at all what you would expect of how I became a wholesome rapper on TikTok is during college, I did and I honestly I consider this to be the biggest learning lesson of my life, lesson learning thing of my life, uh more than college, but I did this internship where called Southwestern Advantage where you sell educational books for kids door to door every summer for 80 hours a week. So you travel across the country And I did it for five years. And in fact, I did it for every summer in college, plus uh, two summers after college, where I moved to University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and you're knocking on doors for 80 hours. And then for 20 hours on top of that, you're coaching and managing. And anyway, it's like, I I honestly think it's the military of sales for young people Mm -hmm. to like learn character and positive attitude, learn how to run a business, uh, learn doing things that scare you. I mean, it changed my life forever. So Anyway, that's, that's also part of why I moved to Nashville is the company's based here. So we would do training, even though you travel when you do it to all parts of the country, we do training here every year. So I had a good community here already. And the most interesting thing is the first truly silly songs and videos that I fully, you know, created and made, uh, were for this company, actually (laughs) water bottles, the company, but they would have a student video contest every year for like making a song or a parody about our job is really weird. Like selling books door to door. Like that's was my livelihood for five years. You know, it's really weird. So anyway, there's so much you can, there's just so many funny things with it. So I would enter this contest every year. And I, that is when I learned that making silly songs and videos is my genius zone, I think. And it's my flow zone. You know, when you're doing something and you totally forget your bodily functions, Yes. That sounds that sounds like I'm peeing my pants when I'm editing, but that's not the case. But I forget to eat and use the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, like I have needs. Like I just get so so fun. Yeah. And you you said it changed your life. So what specifically did where did in what areas did it help change your life? Great question. That's a large statement. Um it, it truly did though, because when I mean, before I did it, I was, I would say very naive, very scared to get out of my comfort zone, um, very scared of rejection. And, and still, I would say at my core is probably like my biggest, uh, I don't know if fear is the right word necessarily, but my biggest like, Ugh, that kind of, that idea freaks me out. But I've practiced attacking it over and over and over and over again, because when you're walking around a neighborhood, it sounds like the silliest thing walking around a neighborhood and you can see people mowing their lawns and you're that solicitor who's going to go approach them. And you're going to go up to a stranger and you're going to ask them like, Hey, like I remember a whole sales talk, you know, like, Hey, are you the dad here? Cool. I, you know, I'm the one who's been sitting down with all the families here talking about these educational products, but, 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 but 
and just learning sales is sales is communication. You know, sales isn't knock, knock, please buy my product. Cause this is about money. It's like, no, I mean, this might genuinely help you, but I'm actually just a college student doing this to learn how to be able to show up in a random town, run a business and pay for like college. Like it, it was lucrative as well. So it was this very empowering thing and all the principles they teach you in the program. It's, it's so cheesy. Like I'm getting chills thinking about it, but I was so poured into by, you know, the older people in the program, helping me believe in myself, uh, helping me learn how to set goals, how to uh, commit to something, how to commit to something, how to have really good habits. Because when you do this, you wake up, I promise I won't go on and on. Like there's so much I could say about it, but every summer you wake up at 559, <laughs> you live with a couple of roommates with a host family, you know, uh, in the same area you're working we race to a cold shower. So we take turns, we take a cold shower and we get out of the house, like immediately dressed out of the house in like 10, 15 minutes. We have breakfast together and we read positive inspirational material. We plan our day and then we go cold call all day. And it's just like this really tough, but really formative thing because you just feel so empowered. Like I can go approach uh, a 50 year old dad in a mansion and, and just show up at his door and then walk out and he's bought uh, $500 of educational stuff for his kid. Like, I don't know. It felt like a very surreal, magical <laughs> experience that clearly I'm, I'm very passionate about. So, but it's, it's yeah. beautiful though. It's beautiful because yeah. it translates into what you're doing now. Like you said, sales is communication. And everything in life involves sales. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, and specifically, it might be like, well, how, how does that truly apply to what you do now? Don't you just have fun all day making silly videos? No, <laughs> I have to, well, yes, comma, but also I have to have the habit of posting almost every day, coming up with a new idea and implementing it. So that's a habit established. I have I put myself out there all the time. This stuff's cringy. <laughs> you know, like a lot of people consider this. Not, some people are like, wow, it's so refreshing. It's so funny. It's so witty, which I love. And I think so too. But I can like totally see why this is not everyone's cup of tea. Like I'm just like, me, 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 me. And people are probably like, get this girl off of my feed. Some, I get some hate comments. It's overwhelmingly positive. But uh, anyway, it, it is rejection. Like I get hate comments all the time and I have to be okay with people just hating on what I'm doing. And so anyway, just the fact that I put myself out there so much with the being a arguably one of the most hated jobs in the world, like a door-to-door -door solicitor, you know, um, I feel kind of untouchable and it's, it's awesome. So let walk us through that because I know there are people who are listening and maybe they've dealt with whether it's cyber bullies or just hate in there, wherever they're on social media, how do you like break it down? Like, how do you deal with that? Somebody's like, oh, I don't like you in the feed or, you know, whatever nasty thing they want to say. And then you read it and you respond. What kind of goes through you when you read that? I am so glad you asked me that question because I am writing a book about this right now. Oh, <laughs> this is yes. awesome. Yeah. So one of the first instinctual things, and it's taken time because normally I'm very sensitive to criticism. And I was the biggest people pleaser in the world in high school, but 
if every opinion someone has about you, okay, no, back up. The amount of time that other people spend even thinking about you over themselves is very minimal. If someone commented on my thing, they saw two seconds of it, they said, and then they literally forgot it. They are not, when I read that person's comment, they're not still thinking about me, probably. No. You know? And if they are, if they're really that, oh, wow, I just hate this girl so much, they are deeply troubled and we need to pray for them. (laughs) You know, like I I just can't emphasize enough how little of people's time is spent thinking about you because people people don't care about you. They care about them. Like when you see a group picture and you know that you are in that group picture, who is the first person you look You look for yourself. There you are. Yes. And it's the same with everyone else. Like no one is really caring about you that much. So anyway, that's the first thing. The second thing is when someone does have an opinion about you, it's like, okay, well, what's their opinion? It is completely based on their whole childhood upbringing of how their brain waves operate, like their paradigm and world they're living in, their personality type, their likes and interests, their religious beliefs, their amount of hours of sleep they got the night before. Like it maybe is 5% actually about you in the first place. Like other people's opinions are are theirs. They're not yours. And it doesn't have to define your reality at all. So anyway, anytime I get a, a hateful comment, uh, like truly hateful, you know, I, my, I think I've trained myself to do this, but my immediate instinct is to say like, oh, that person is troubled. I don't know why that's the word, but like that person is deeply troubled that they would take time out of their day and they probably they're probably being hurt by somebody in their life and they're probably unfortunately projecting that onto someone else because they need someone with love and leadership in their life so yeah i think that's a great approach to to take because hurt people hurt yes yeah and you i mean i don't know who said this but you will rarely be criticized by somebody doing better than you it's just true that's very powerful yeah. I, I again, I didn't say it, <laughs> but it is. But but nonetheless, because because normally if somebody's more powerful, they're trying to help you reach another level. They're not trying to pull you down. Instead, they're trying to mentor you or maybe just drop a few tips. Not oh, let me pull you back down. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine like Gary V like getting onto my TikTok and being like. I don't like that. Like, no, (laughs) he probably doesn't have time to even look at TikTok very much other than to analyze it, you know, and strategize. But no, you would probably say, hey, good job. You should try this idea. You know, people who are truly happy, it's not just successful. It's it's successful in every facet of life, you know, like deep inner confidence and self-assuredness. Yes. What, What brings you happiness? Oh, good question. What brings me happiness? So uh, I, I'm uh, very much a linguist from, like I said, my upbringing. So when I think happiness, I think, okay, well, what's happiness mean? Is that pleasure? Is that joy? Is that purpose? Is it kind of a combination of all three? So <laughs> I guess what brings me insane, absurd joy is ser- is seriously just creating the, the things I do, like the silly songwriting part of it. Like I can't emphasize enough how much I love the art of it. So I, I would, and actually I have, I've created several songs I've never shown anybody and I still watch them. And they, I just love uh, just being ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous. Cause my, my whole book is about how to not take yourself so seriously. And I just, 
I just love how hilarious life is, I guess. So anyway, writing these songs just helps me break up the normalcy of people's days and, and just learn to stop taking everything so seriously because we will die one day. We will not be alive forever. <laughs> we won't. We won't. I mean, it just, it's how it works. And I think that's a, that's a beautiful perspective. And, you know, tell us, is this your, like your full-time kind of gig career is TikTok and um, just being a content creator? Yes. And I think this is such a God thing personally. I just can't, I was even just thinking about it this morning and getting overwhelmed with how grateful I am. And I can't believe it's real still, but okay. When I first blew up on TikTok in April, my first viral video was when I found a slug on my rug, which this used to be my bedroom. So it was literally right there, right? <laughs> I'm looking at where that slug was, found a slug on my rug. And I was about to actually like, I was grabbing a paper towel to throw it away. I'm like, why is this in here anyway? But I'm like, wait, there's a slug on my rug. That would be a great rap. So anyway, I did this rap about a slug on my rug that blew up. Uh, and then I was like, wow, I really like doing this. I'm going to take comment suggestions from people. And then I did a rap about a hippopotami, a hippopotami and uh, vitamin C and orange. And that one really blew up. And then I got like, so the slug one, I got 50,000 followers. And then the hippopotami one, 200,000 immediately. Wow. Like over the course of a few days, because it's at like 10.5 million now. Ooh. So, so to answer your question, <laughs> I can get kind of <laughs> long-winded. So anyway, that's how TikTok actually started back in April, at, really during quarantine. Um, and then I started getting commissioned song requests starting in May. I created a business email um, because I was like, oh, I feel like, you know, influencers will get, you know, you can advertise a product or something. But the most powerful thing is when I was like, wait, the like literally Vitafusion, the vitamin company that I use in the hippopotamus and vitamin C wrap reached out to me and I'm, I do ad campaigns for them now. So, wow. Yeah, because they saw it. They're like, wow, thanks for the 10.5 million views on our product that, you know, like that's awesome because I use it, you know? So anyway, uh, my income comes from completely inbound uh, requests to my business email uh, for business, like making wraps, either either making a, it's usually a, a wrap and video ad, like that's my bread and butter, either for them to use on their digital platform. So it's just purely content creation, like them to have an ad or uh, from it, it, you know, for me to specifically advertise on my TikTok, which of course I charge a higher rate for because that's the advertising as well. And then my favorite though, half my business is birthday wraps or Christmas gift wraps. Like oh. I, yes, I love it's, it's, I love it because it combines the two things I think I'm best at, which is making people feel loved and special. I'm very good at that. And being creative and silly. And so I just take all these details people send me about their spouse or their daughter or whatever. That's my business. Yeah. So I, I made an LLC. Oh, my on world of glass on TikTok started coaching me. She's been hugely, I mean, I need to just owe it all to her. I mean, largely like she was so, so, so helpful and still is, but yeah, I created an LLC. I found a tax guy. And so I've a, a business I mean, it's charismatic content is my LLC. And oh this is how I make a living. Gosh. That is terrific because I know there are people that are listening and they're thinking like, how would I even go about doing it? And it, it started from, you know, an observation of the slug on the rug. And then you're like, oh, let me turn this into something. But you also have the passion. So it, it's, you know, your passion is around music and your wordplay. And I think it's it's so beautiful how you then 
ran with it. You weren't just like, okay, I have 10 million views. Somebody wants to pay me for something, but then you took it up a notch and you established this business. And then you've then created something which is comparable to like a cameo. So you've cut out that cameo middleman and now you're offering the modern day singing telegram is basically um, kind of what you're doing now. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it is in many ways. It's a modern yeah. day. I've never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, cause you're, you're, I mean, it's just not you doing the thing in person. It's, you know, it's the, and that's what's awesome because we all, I mean, I always wanted a t singing telegram growing up. Gosh, I always <laughs> wanted one of those, but um, I can, a girl can dream girl can dream. So I love that. I, I totally love that you've done that. And, you know, I'm also curious, like, how did you know what to charge? You know, people are like, hey, we want to pay you. We want to, and you know, people are throwing all these things at you. How did you know, like, uh, what, well, this is how much I'm worth or how did you figure that out? A hundred percent Mayan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, thankfully the actual nine to five job I had the year before this was a great job. Like I was blessed to, to have that job. Um, but I worked in a, with a lot of salespeople, business people who can uh, pour into me and give me advice, but my own number one, I mean, I'm like, my own, what do I tell these people? Well, how much do I charge? I would, and, and initially I was thinking like, oh yeah, like a hundred dollars a video is a lot. No, it's not. I remember when she told me, she's like, you will never charge a hundred dollars a video again. <laughs> I was like, okay. And, and she was right. And, and so anyway, I have a, I have a very fair rate. I don't feel like I'm overcharging people by any means. Um, but she's amazing. She has this thing called influence office hours where you can just like, she really gets social media strategy, business, uh, brand stuff. So anyway, she's, that's how I knew is I got a coach. So the lesson here is if anyone's watching this is learn from, be humble enough to, to learn from somebody who has done what you are trying to do because she's been an influencer and a business owner for years, you know, so. That, yeah. I, I love that. I, I love that because so many people get caught up in their head and they're like, I can just figure it out. I, I'll just figure it out. And then it's, then they're the ones charging a hundred dollars per video. And then they're upset that somebody else may be charging thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions. And they, they can't figure it out because they lack that humility. Yep. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, Honestly, if I didn't have her leadership, I think I would have been like, well, since I'm just starting out, you know, I'll just like charge lower rates because this is what I feel comfortable charging. And I, and I have a people pleasing tendency uh, and honestly, a tendency to like negate my worth or my, my abilities. So anyway, she was hugely not just like the technical aspect of here's a smart, here's what other influencers are charging. Here's the smart thing, but also like the emotional thing, like the value, you know, like the value, you know, how much value you add. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, accepting awesome. that is key. You know, like you said that having that realization that there are a million people who follow you, that there have been over 10 million people who have watched your videos and you understand you have gratitude for it instead of taking it um, just take, trying to take advantage or thinking, oh, but that's not good enough. I don't have 15 million. I think that's also so vital in this journey. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Comparison or feeling like you're behind or yeah, I, I fully, fully, fully like my faith is super, super important to me. So that's really the driving factor in everything I do. 
is I think that this is God's plan. I think God was like, Sarah's going to, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And my worth doesn't actually come from uh, my worth and confidence doesn't come from the amount of followers I have because I was very happy and confident before I ever had people pay attention to my skill, you know? So I just, because that's my stronghold, I, I feel like I have so much freedom because this is kind of just a game. Like this is a blessing. This is a gift that I feel God has been given to me is this opportunity. And I'm going to do my best to, to do it well. But like at the end of the day, if TikTok, okay, let's say it got banned. Suddenly people don't like wholesome raps anymore. I don't know. You know, maybe I get in a car accident and I don't, something happens to my voice, whatever. Like I'm still inherently loved by God and he has a plan for my life. And it's not like that's my defining factor. So anyway, there's a little um, spiritual component to it, but that's truly why I feel so happy with wherever I'm at. Yeah. And Sarah, have you always been spiritual and had a connection with, to God? That's a great, wow. What a great question. Have I always had a connection to God? I would say the answer is yes. I've always had a connection to God because I believe, you know, he created me, uh, <laughs> but specifically, so I'm, I'm totally like a Jesus lover. I was, I'm actually a pastor's kid. And I always say that like happy, healthy human. And I actually didn't decide to start following the teachings of Jesus until I was 19 and, and when I went to college. So it really became my own then, but I just, so, and what I believe about that, you know, there, there's so much out there about, oh, Christianity means this Christianity means this religious. Oh, I'm not very religious. I, I'm just one of those people who wouldn't say I'm not very religious either. You know, I believe that I, I, I am unconditionally loved by someone who created me. I believe that, you know, I mean, people know what Christians believe. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe that I'm set free and I don't have to worry or like beat myself up when I fall short. Like I can just be like, I have so much unlimited grace. I can just, I can keep messing up. I can keep understanding that I'm deeply flawed and always will be. And then I can keep trying like that, that alone, the grace gives me the freedom to keep trying because then I'm not put in a box. If, if I fall short in some way, like if I mess up or if I just do something stupid or mean or whatever human nature, it's not like I have to stay there. Like I can continue to grow and evolve. And that was a, a whole bunch of <laughs> spiritual jargon, I feel like. But, but anyway, when I was 19 is when I really made it my own. And ever since then have made that my stronghold, I suppose is the word foundation. Did something happen at 19 where you kind of made that change? Yeah, actually. <laughs> I've never told this story on a podcast. How cool is that? <laughs> um, so when I was 19, I, you know, I just gone away to college for my first year and I was dating this person. Um, <laughs> I was about to say his name. I guess I won't say his name. I was dating this person. Let's call him Bob. <laughs> uh, and, and, and Bob and I had a, a great relationship. We were like childhood best friends. You know, we'd, we'd been dating for about 10 months or so. Uh, and, and from a world standpoint, like really, we, we were nice to each other. We had a good relationship, but he, he himself did not have faith in God. And I always considered myself a, a Christian. I like, oh, I believe God exists. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. oh, and I, pr I pray when I'm scared and I pray when I want things like that was my understanding of God. But when I was 19, I remember I felt called by God to, uh, to, to break up with him. I mean, truly, I was just like, I don't know why I still have feelings for this person. It was just an inclination, you know, take it or leave it. And, and I did, I followed that. And I remember it's the craziest thing. He was really sad. I, I mean, I was really sad and I was depressed for like a week. And I, I remember I went to this uh, church retreat uh, with a campus ministry 
and I'd never really been to one before. And, and this was like a whole season of like, well, what do I, what do I believe? You know, I've grown up with this my whole life, but what do I actually believe? And we were singing worship and, and, and just talking about, you know, God's love and everything. And I, I did actually have a total like epiphany come to Jesus moment where I realized that I had been putting, putting my worth in a boyfriend or a best friend my whole life. Like I, I'm very relationship oriented, but I was making that my God. Like my worth is defined by how good of a friend I am to my best friend or our closeness or our relationship. Uh, same thing with a boyfriend. Like I, I always had a boyfriend in high school, pretty much like serial monogamist, 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 pretty much a different one every year of high school. And it was because I found my worth in, I am a good friend or girlfriend. So anyway, I had that, this epiphany. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> hold the phone. And it's like, people are worshiping around me, but I was like, God is my best friend. Yeah. God is my best friend and he will never leave me. And he will love me forever and ever and ever, no matter what. And like, oh my gosh, I'm going to like cry thinking about it. But I just was like, okay, I get it. This is the gospel. This is, this is what this is all about. Wow. And I, I just remember I, I truly in, in my head, you know, I asked God, I get it. Like, you know, fill me with the Holy spirit, whatever that means, I'll figure it out. Like I, I'm so, I just, I don't know. I had this amazing moment. And the coolest thing is I don't want to trust too much. Like, oh, I had this feeling about this thing. So it's definitely from God. Like I like to, you know, have a, I don't know, discernment. But in that moment afterwards, I was a changed person. It has never changed. I feel like everything looked more beautiful and like my, vi my vision felt different. It felt like I saw people with way more love and compassion and forgiveness and grace. And it just felt like I wasn't so obsessed with myself anymore because I understood that I was created for something so much bigger than myself. And it was so freeing. So mm. yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. You asked a very, very, <laughs> probably the most personal question ever, which I I'm an open book, but that's my, that's my story. Well, that's a, that's an amazing testimony. Thank you. I, I'm very grateful for that. And I know many others, they've, they've not only felt it, but they can relate. And I just, you know, truly, truly appreciate that, which I, um, many people are going to love that because it's, I, I'm same way and have the same views. And, um, and so it's good to hear and to see it, you know, because you yeah. walk the walk. And so it's, it's good to see that connection and just, um, the genuineness. It's good to experience. Thank that. you. Yeah. Thank you. Praise God. That's yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm happy for you that. that you found the same kind of joy. Oh yes, definitely. Definitely. Well, Miss Sarah, we are at the time we are at the point in the podcast where we have mystery question from the fishbowl mystery oh i love that i love the that fish bowl. that's I'm amazing you, you know, no fish but we have a fishbowl yay okay let's grab you. i need to get me a mystery question fishbowl for when anytime oh, there's so much fun okay we got two questions oh they're both okay. like kind of teal ones too all oh, these are gonna be deep i think Let's see. Hmm. What are you most curious about now? Ooh, 
Ooh, what am I most curious about now? Yes. Um, okay, I'm obsessed with personality typology. So Myers-Briggs, Enneagram. I've read multiple books on both of those specifically, I would say. I'm not as knowledgeable on the DISC profile. I'm working on it. Um, but I am very curious about people, the way they operate, the way they tick. I'm very passionate about helping people realize what's special and unique about them and like how to work with that and how to showcase that. Like I love, I, like I said, like my two things and probably honestly, I think my most core attribute as a human being is people focused before it is creativity. Mm. Honestly. I mean, like I love getting to know people. I'm so curious about people. So <laughs> people and personality types. I love that. I, I, I have this, Tons of curiosity, and I'd love another curious person. Here is the second question. What is your hidden talent? Because, so, you know, we know you're a rapper. We know you're amazing. Do you have, like, some kind of hidden talent? Oh, do you have a hidden talent? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, now I have to. Um, I'm, I'm in my roommate's room, and I don't want to rip up her things, but here. Sorry, Noelle, if you're watching this. I'm ripping up a note you wrote. Sorry, Noelle. Um, just a small piece of it. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, yeah, I need to take off my glasses to show you that I can really do it. I can hold paper and the wrinkle in my face. <gasps> Ooh, that's a good hidden talent. I, that is. Look at this. Look at that. Look at that's by far the best hidden talent ever on Adult Fluent. I know. But you can't see them. You can't really see them. But it's a good hidden talent, though. Yeah. Oh, and I can do. I can do, if we're just going to be crazy here, you know, I don't want to speak too soon, but I can do both. Hold oh. on, I got to rip them up so they're not too heavy. You mean like the remix Hidden Talent? Yep. Yep. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Both. Oh, that is so good. Oh my God. <laughs> I love your hidden talent, <laughs> girl. That is so good. That, look, that takes the cake. You get the Adult Fluent Hidden Talent of the Year Award. Yay! That, that is awesome. <laughs> so awesome. I love that question. <laughs> well, I love your answer. I know everybody else, especially when we'll, we'll make sure they see this. I love okay. it. So where can, Sarah, where can people find you online? People can find me. Uh, at TikTok, of course, it's the simplest thing. It's my name everywhere. So TikTok is at Sarah with an H underscore Maddock, M-A-D-D-A-C-K. Instagram is my first and last name, Sarah Maddock. Uh, and then Spotify, I actually do some full songs on Spotify. And I'm going to be jumping into that more. So Spotify, Sarah Maddock, and then YouTube, Sarah Maddock. So, but, but primarily TikTok, Instagram, Spotify, and YouTube are the best places. So. Well, I love that. I, I can't thank you enough for being on today. It's been such a joy. And I know listeners are going to just say, oh my goodness, they're going to love this episode so much. So thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. You're a great interviewer. Good oh, job. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Adult Fluent Podcast, hosted by me, Kizzy. Thanks to our special guests for sharing their story, as I know you found it valuable. Help us to continue to share our message by practicing SRS, which stands for subscribe to the Adult Fluent Podcast, review an episode, and share Adult Fluent with at least two of your friends or two people you kind of like. 
By subscribing to the Adult Fluent Podcast, you will receive the latest episode to keep you inspired and adult fluent. Until next time, remember, everything is possible.